take me down to Crunch Time City, where the grass is cereal, and the girls are also cereal. Hello and welcome to The Empty Bowl, a meditative podcast about cereal. My name is Justin McElroy, and I am uh, a fan of cereal. I can admit it now. And uh, my name is Dan Goubert, and I'm... A little on the fence about calling myself a serial fan. I don't know if if I meet all the qualifications to consider myself a true fan, but I, I do like this stuff. I do like it. it. It's good to keep a critical distance, Dan. Don't make up your mind about cereal right now. That's something I warn people <laughs> about all the time. Just because you so many enough cereal blog and co-host a cereal podcast and eat cereal uh, all the time and have dozens of boxes in your home doesn't mean you're a cereal fan. There's no need to label yourself. There are just so many serial gatekeepers. I don't want to offend anyone by presuming. Uh, this is a relaxing podcast where we are going to uh, have meaningless, nigh meaningless, I will say, conversations about cereal. Certainly weightless conversations about cereal. You don't have to pay attention that closely. You know, I, I love to hear people say that they... Uh, they go to sleep listening to this podcast. <laughs> I think that's so fun. If you're doing that now, why don't you go ahead and um, I'll, we'll, I'll, I'll give you an even uh, more calming intro before we get into news. So go ahead and uh, snuggle in under the covers and uh, get your pillow just the way you like it. And uh, put the bowl of cereal that you were eating onto the nightstand because if you fall asleep while holding it, you will... Uh, not be thrilled about that in the morning. Now Dan and I will sing the special lullaby we wrote. For you. <laughs> no, sorry, we don't have one prepared. <laughs> we'll work on it. Uh, what uh, what is happening in the world of cereal, Daniel? So in last episode, we really blew through a lot of hot topics in the cereal community. So it's slowing down a little bit, mm. but uh, there's news of a new contender for I think underdog of the year. Uh, that year being. Either 2019 or 2020, I'm not sure yet. Mm. But Cheerios Oat Crunch. Uh, do you remember Cinnamon Cheerios Oat Crunch from uh, earlier this year? Yeah, it was. A, I didn't. I didn't pick that one up, even though I heard it was quite good. Yeah, I think it's very much uh, an understated favorite amongst the Cheerios extended family because simply by bringing legitimate oats into the world of Cheerios rings, just. 100% improves the situation through textural contrast, and they, they debuted with a cinnamon version, which was just like cinnamon toast crunch if it were more of a, a palette playground, if you will. Okay. Um, but now, we're finally getting a second member of that family in Cheerios Oat Crunch Oats and Honey uh, cereal. So, a lot of oat a lot of oatage in the name alone. So you'd think this would kind of be a no-brainer from the makers of Honey Nut Cheerios to make a honey-flavored Cheerio sure, Crunch yeah. first. But I guess we shouldn't complain that we're getting it eventually. And I think, I don't even know if I need to review this one to just say it's good. It's, it's great. You should good. try it. Um, yeah, I trust, I trust this one because uh, if you remember Cheerios uh, Medley Crunch had both the the honey clusters and the honey rings, as well as some pretty lame flakes. But I think this will be much like that, minus the the weaker of the three. So I find flakes in Cheerios. I've I've had occasion to run into it a couple of times. I find that a pretty challenging combo. Yeah, I think we've talked about it here. Even the the concept of loops 
clusters and flakes all living together. It's just, mm -hmm. I don't know, your core alchemic textures in cereal and just very sacred boundaries there. So tell me about these. I, I was actually having trouble, I, and I'm someone who uh, follows fast food news fairly closely, uh, and even I had trouble parsing the, the words of this <laughs> next story. I am literally not sure what type of food item you're about to pitch me. Uh, so I'll just read the whole thing first. It is uh, Jack in the Box's new Fruity Cereal Milk Donut Holes. Uh, I think, first of all, I don't know anything about Jack in the Box just because there aren't any in my area. I don't know what that sort of... Okay, so we're both sort of Jack in the Box uh, greenhorns, but I've read that they very recently introduced a new line of donut holes, just plain old donut holes to their menu, and... Apparently they did well enough to justify a new varietal, and as any fast food chain would logically do, the first thing you think of is to dunk your donut holes in this really, really thick-looking powdered milk encrustation that's also, uh, you know, sprinkled with Fruity Pebbles, fake Fruity Pebbles, off-brand Fruity Pebbles, because I think it's all fake, but right. it's Fruity Pebbles-inspired donut holes, and... I don't know if I'm going to get the chance to try these, but I've seen some pictures of the Jack in the Box fruity cereal milk donut holes, and it is pretty visceral. It's like overly too much makeup on your donut holes, and hmm. reviews have been mixed thus far. So okay. if you're the kind of person who's looking to really get a cereal-flavored donut hole and you have you know, no choice about going to your local donuttery... Um, I guess you can stop by Jack in the Box and let us know how you feel because yeah, email us mail at bold rest and let us know how it's yeah, going. If you wanna, if you wanna ship us a couple of those moist oily, oily maybe bricks, just, maybe just a Dan, <laughs> even on yeah, this one. Yeah, it's maybe a solo. Maybe your dish. grandma. Just yeah. send it to your grandma instead. Your grandma would be touched. Honestly, it would be so <laughs> kind of you. Um, uh, the holidays are here. This is our first episode we're recording in December of 2019. Uh, how, what do you think about, this isn't exactly news, but what do you think about the crop of, uh, of cereals this year? So it's a little disappointing that we didn't get, uh, a new entrant in the holiday cereal game. Instead, we're left with pretty much three options that are familiar from recent years. We have, uh, Cabin Crunch's Christmas Crunch, which has never really missed a year that I can count, but you can't really go wrong with that one because it's just, you know... Crunch berries again uh, in holiday shapes, and they haven't changed the box art again, so I don't think there's too much to say about that one. But Still it just good. doesn't feel. It's, it just. <clears throat> I I like it. I think it's a good combo. I think that the the um, non berry. Uh, this is getting into minutia, but we are after all recording the empty bowl. Uh, I find that the the shapes of the holiday berries actually mix through the uh biscuits better than traditional round crunch berries hmm i There's mean i definitely agree with take. that in all instances i've measured so far having a good geometric variety in terms of surface area tends to improve your cereal overall uh, i think we saw that with the reese's puffs bunnies where there's all these kinds of nooks and crannies in the anatomy of a cereal rabbit that the flavor powder has many more uh, crevasses to accumulate in. So <laughs> while the theming and the overall 
look and feel of it is very fun. There's also a lot of, you know, nuanced science going on there that I think sure. really sets Christmas crunch above the normal crunch. Um, so that's probably the most basic of the three, but we also have from General Mills the return of Sugar Cookie Toast Crunch. I think we have more than sung the praises of that one on this podcast before. <laughs> it is a it is a very good cereal. It's an extremely good cereal. Uh, I it, it is not... When my wife tried it, she said that it just tasted like Cinnamon Toast Crunch without the cinnamon. And I don't mm. actually think that's fair. I think that there's bigger vanilla notes... In, in sugar to cookie dish crunch, at least from, from my tasting. See, I think this year really put sugar cookie toast crunch into a more uh, quantitative perspective for me because after having uh, two Hostess cereals, the powdered donuts and the Twinkie cereal, I think they all kind of fall on this continuum of butteriness in mm-hmm. which on one hand you have sugar cookie toast crunch, which is really true to the uh, you know doughiness the, the vanilla accents, of course. Uh, and on the other end of the spectrum, you have powdered donuts, which are amazing, but they don't really do anything too detailed. They're just really sweet and really tasty. Mm-hmm. And that's why I put Twinkie cereal somewhere in the middle there, because it's a bit custardy. Uh, it's pretty golden, gra- golden brown. But I think if you want, you know, the most margarine-esque of the cereals out there, you should, mm-hmm. uh, you know, knife out a dollop of sugar cookie toast crunch and you can't go wrong. <laughs> it's certainly better than General Mills's other holiday cereal this year, which is Cinnamon Vanilla Lucky Charms. Oh. This is also this is also a returning cereal from two years back now. They replaced it temporarily with uh, you know, chocolatey winter marshmallow Lucky Charms, but now they're bringing back this flavor combo, which really doesn't taste like a whole lot. The cinnamon and the vanilla are both very faint, um, you can't really decide which one is the victor of the two, and instead you're left with something that tried to be sugar cookie toast crunch, but really just divided it into two constituent components that don't work too well on their own. It is um, such a big disappointment, um, and and a really strange like I don't understand who the target demo is for this cereal because it doesn't hit any of these notes particularly well um and i feel like we've seen this one before right this is the not the first year for this particular variety nope this is the second year they took a a year off but now it's back they could have just called it snickerdoodle lucky charms and really just you know caught more people that way but it's a bit clumsy overall i think (laughs) um i just i'm ready for the monster cereals to finally get their holiday to finally get their holiday <laughs> versions. You know, I need a holiday monster. I don't think it's asking so much. You need hot chocolate? <laughs> there we go. Now you're talking. <laughs> um, I am uh, surprising. Now we're going to get into our review segment now. And and I, uh, you know, I honestly am not a big marshmallow guy. I don't particularly care for Marbits. I think we've talked on this show about the time that I ate an entire box of Pac-Man cereal at my granny's house <laughs> and then threw up all night and couldn't eat Marbits for a decade. Um, they're okay though now. We're, we're doing all right. Um, but uh, marshmallows, to say it in the weirdest way possible, the full-size Fluffy Boys, uh, I'm also not a gigantic <laughs> fan of, but I have been curious 
about craft jet puffed lucky charms magical marshmallows what's the word Oh, biggest disappointment of the entire year. I'll be real with you. Oh um, wow! And 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 on a cereal program, for our biggest disappointment to be a non-cereal, that's got to be rough. <laughs> I mean, I had this on the agenda to talk about last episode, but dropped it because I didn't think I could find any nice things to say. It's just, Woof. if you're going to turn Lucky Charms marshmallows into a full-size marshmallow product, you have to recognize that people in the know already know that Lucky Charms marshmallows aren't the exact same thing as normal marshmallows. The texture's different, obviously, and because the texture's different, the interpretation of the flavor is also different. So when they they take these Lucky Charms shapes, one of which is not even an actual Lucky Charms marbit, uh, the star in this case, um, and you turn it Mm. into a plain old marshmallow that tastes like a plain old marshmallow, Yet you have the gall to call them Lucky Charms the magical marshmallows. <laughs> it's just, there's no magic to be found here. They are just very artificially colored marshmallows in, I guess, creative shapes. It, if that's what you want, go ahead. Just keep it away from me. I, I, don't, I don't have much more to say about that. <laughs> I'm really sorry, Dan. I can tell how hard this has been for you. See, the only perk of that was that I ate like three of them, got really upset, and then just left the bag on my counter. So by the time I got back, they had formed this sort of uh, outer exoskeleton that gave them more of the crisp crunch that I recognized from Lucky Charms. Still tasted terrible, but at least they aged (laughs) to imperfection. (laughs) Um, What about seasonal Magic Spoon flavors? blueberry and pumpkin chai now remind me what what is magic spoon so i think we both did try this one it is one of those healthy cereal brands that uh you know is low sugar low carbs whatever but we tried the first four original flavors of this and i think i determined that this was probably my favorite of the healthy cereals out there obviously it's priced more than an actual cereal it's not going to taste exactly like a normal cereal but if you're the kind of person who needs a cereal a specific dietary preference, Magic Spoon is probably the brand for you, and I think they proved that pretty well with their two new flavors of blueberry and pumpkin chai. Um, So the blueberry first, I don't really understand how this is a seasonal flavor, but nonetheless, it is a pretty playful interpretation of blueberry that I think really plays hard on the blueberry fruit snack angle. whereas other brands might be overly artificial about it or very genuine about it. This just really reminds me of blueberry fruit snacks, almost kind of like those those Blue Shark gummies, if you know Mm -hmm. those. Sure. Oh, Mm -hmm. yeah. Those are the best. Um, So it's got a little bit of that over top of their, you know, more nutritional cereal base, which has a, a little bit of a gumminess to it, a little bit of a oh, this is good for me type aftertaste. So as long as you can go in with that in mind, you'll probably be happy with blueberry as well as pumpkin chai, which I think honestly is better than some of the mainstream pumpkin cereals out there because the choice of of calling it a chai cereal really works to its, its, its advantage because any sort of, you know, more bitter or, you know, tangy elements to it can be dismissed as just being, you know, that eccentric back taste. But the, the... the normal pumpkin fruity flavor is there. That is the pumpkin uh, starchy, 
uh, harvest fresh and much less of the pumpkin spice that you'd expect and more of the pumpkin that grows out of the ground. So while pumpkin mm -hmm. season might be a bit behind us, this is probably the healthiest way to eat pumpkin cereal. Um, along those same lines, by the way, quick plug for uh, Cereal School. It's another in that same line of like keto, uh, you know, low sugar kind of deals, if that's your... If that's your jam, um, Cereal School has a cinnamon bun and a fruity, uh, a cocoa and a peanut butter. Um, and I just want to recommend them. They're uh, pretty good. The uh, the fruity one is flavored and colored, I think, in part with like beets. Mm. And uh, it actually has kind of like a unique taste. It is a little bit of an acquired taste. Uh, you know, don't go in expecting a mouthful of fruity pebbles, but uh it kind of gives a little, like, I don't know, the more of these I eat, uh, the more I kind of feel like, I don't know, it's an interesting, uh, the, some of the flavors used are like an interesting counterpoint to just the, the overbearing sweetness. Are you a regularly enrolled cereal scholar? Uh, I think I'm still in sort of my uh, freshman year of cereal, <laughs> cereal school. Um, uh, this This third one here is kind of special. I was so... Uh, surprised and flattered and honored to be included in this. Uh, talk about these next next four cereals. Uh, so these are Cereal Time cereals by Gabe Fonseca himself, uh, who most people who have listened to this podcast have known that we've mentioned him before because he, he hosts the wonderful Cereal Time YouTube series, which is probably... Uh, the best historical counterpart to my blog and this and this podcast as well, in that he mm -hmm. knows a lot more of the hard facts about cereal instead of just you know creating random adjectives like I'm known to do. Um, <laughs> but this isn't the first time that he's done this. Um, in past or a couple of years ago, he sent me his own cereals that he created uh, by mixing other cereals and then adding additional ingredients as well. He then he went on to design his own boxes, uh, include prizes inside, include trading cards, activities on the back, and all that. Uh, there was a Graceland cereal that was banana peanut butter. Totally genius. Um, but a couple years later now, he's doing it again, and he sent Justin and I uh, his four latest creations. Yeah, there's a... Um uh, I don't have the boxes in front of me, so I won't call the names right off the bat. Uh, Pina Coladas, I know, is Definitely. one with uh, mm -hmm. pineapple and uh, coconut flavors and actual, actual like, pineapple and coconut in it. Um, so that one stood out to me because it totally looks like us on the box, right? <laughs> yeah, it's modeled on us. <laughs> I mean, you I can see all these the at seriously.net, by the way, if you want to check them out. Um, then there's, what, is it Spicy Rice Krispie Treats? Is that the Spicy the right Krispie Treats, yeah. This was yeah. definitely the most interesting to me since, one, it keeps the old Rice Krispie Treats branding, which is beautiful, and two, it is probably the, the first interpretation of a spicy cereal that I've seen and sure. tasted. Um, I was really nervous trying that one because it includes actual ghost pepper hot sauce. Uh, were you able to crack that one open at all? Yeah, I, you know what? I, weirdly... I kind of dug it. Like, it was maybe a little... I'm not a huge spice person. It was maybe a little bit spicy for me. Um, but, like, I can see how if you backed off of it a little bit, um, it's an interesting counterpoint to, like, the hard sweet of the Rice Krispie Treat. It's, like, just kind of like a note of heat after you finish it. It was a little strange in milk, 
I will say I did try it with milk. It was a little the spiciness plus milk is a little weird, but just like a cereal to kind of eat. I actually kind of dug it. Okay, but when you opened your package, was it actually like a cereal? Because mine was basically just one giant spicy crispy. No, treat, I crumb I crumbled it up. I did the all I right, did the right, heavy lifting. Right. No problem. <laughs> I was more in fear of the thing, and it kind of told me what to do. <laughs> sure. Uh, but this collection also contained a Cobbler Crunch cereal, which is a peach-flavored cereal with cinnamon clusters, as well as Treasure Trove cereal, which combines uh, Honey Nut Checks with Honey Smacks and Marshmallows. So those ones were much more tamely delicious, I believe, than the, the Spicy Krispies treats. But overall, I give many, many thanks and uh, Congratulations to Gabe on a successful cereal launch and creating these flavors that are much more interesting than just about anything we see on the real cereal shelves. Yeah, no kidding. Um, Every uh, episode, almost nearly every episode, we ask you to uh, weigh in on a question we pose to you. This time it's just about uh, cereals and video games, I think is what we asked you about. Sort of your favorite cereal-based video game or video game-based cereal, cereal and uh video games um so let's uh i'm gonna take a pause here and uh when we come back i'll ask dan to ask you another question but for a moment let's just listen to to our friends hi dan and justin my name is tina and my fondest memory of cereal and video games is captain crunch's crunchling adventure it was a cd game that came in the captain crunch box when i was a kid When you boot it up, you get to make your own furry little crunchling, a creature that feeds on a variety of Captain Crunch cereals. You need to feed your crunchling, pet it, and play games with it, like hurling rocks at a prehistoric volcano as it erupts, or jumping around in a digital space atop motherboards and microchips. You can even race a turtle that's riding backwards on a skateboard. My brother and I play the game endlessly as children on my dad's PC, and I revisited it recently. It was still very charming in that definitely cursed, but still kind of nostalgic way. Thanks for your time. Hi, Dan and Justin. It's Ellie from Edinburgh in Scotland. When I was about five or six years old, I received a CD-ROM of Pac-Man's 3D Adventures from a box of Cocoa Pops. I enjoyed playing Pac-Man's 3D Adventures so much that I held on to that CD-ROM until I was about 18 years old and leaving the university. Fantastic. Man, we really did free advertising for Pac-Man tonight. You're welcome, Pac-Man. This is our... Yeah, that was three three consecutive (laughs) mentions of Pac-Man. What what do you want people to weigh in on uh, this time, Dan? Uh, so picture yourself as a humble copywriter, as, as, as I must do every morning. Uh, say you were tasked with writing a new slogan for your favorite cereal. What would that be? Oh, that's so nice. And remember everyone, try to keep your tone, uh, nice and calm. It's, it's a better chance of, of getting onto the show, the, the calmer you can bring the energy. Just like, imagine you've opened a door to a sleeping friend. And you want to tell them about your slogan for cereal that you came up with, but you're not sure they're awake. So you kind of split the difference between <laughs> whispering and not. That's the, that's what we're going with here. Um, our, uh, our, uh, we've got an email address. I discussed mail at bold.rest. 
bowl.rest is our website. Um, and uh, we ask you to send in your questions, your thoughts, your hopes, your dreams. Uh, we'll, we'll take any of it. But this one is great. It comes to us uh, from Bowen in Ontario. It says, Hi, Dan and Justin. Thanks so much for your lovely podcast. I haven't caught up yet, so sorry if this has been discussed. But I want to know your opinion of Kellogg's Scooby-Doo Cinnamon Marshmallow Cereal. Um, I mean, Bowen, that would be pretty wild. <laughs> a pretty wild called shot. If, if, he, if we had just stumbled onto your your one piece of Scooby-Doo ephemera, but okay. Uh, it's my favorite cereal as a kid. I think it came out in 2002. No one else I know seems to remember it, but it was the bomb. I remember liking the texture of the multigrain bones, like a fluffier corn pop. The cinnamon was my favorite part, and with the marshmallows, it takes on a cinnamon bun flavor. I'd love to hear some experts weigh in on this. So I think it's funny now, that... I do not recall this cereal, Dan. I, I, I can't say I remember this one. So I don't remember this one specifically either, but it called to mind immediately the Scooby-Doo cereal that I do know. Um... Which then led me to research the, the history of Scooby-Doo cereals as well. So this Scooby-Doo cinnamon marshmallow cereal that you mentioned was, in fact, the first Scooby-Doo cereal. Um, it had a very interesting concept, and it introduced the bone-shaped pieces that fortunately managed to continue as a theme throughout future Scooby-Doo cereals. Um, after that, we got Scooby-Doo's Berry Bones, um, which I'm hoping is an intentional play on words of him burying the bones. But that pretty much cropped the way for the Scooby-Doo cereal that I do know, which is the vanilla Scooby-Doo Bones. Um, this one sticks out in my memory very pointedly because uh, there's a chain of outlet stores called Ollie's Outlet, outlet Stores. Um, sure, yeah, to, we all in here. Yeah, I used to go there all the time because it's like the place to find recently discontinued cereals that are, you know really on the borderline of testing your immune system at that point. <laughs> um, it's definitely the place to get last year's blueberry this year. Um, but I, that was the first place that I ever t tried uh, Scooby-Doo Vanilla Bones cereal, and it was it was awful. I, I don't know if I could <laughs> uh, attribute that to the fact that it was probably sitting on that shelf for months and months and years or not. Sure. But despite my poor memory of the Vanilla Bones Scooby-Doo cereal, I think... It's a little bit sad that's the last we saw of Scooby in the cereal aisle before his latest um, cereal creation, which was the, the Funko's Scooby-Doo cereal, which I think, mm. by all rights and purposes, does not deserve to be called canon under the, the Scooby-Doo cereal <laughs> cinematic universe. <laughs> but yeah, I think you should probably preserve your fond memories of Cinnamon Marshmallow Scooby-Doo cereal now, because at this rate of of quality decline, I don't think the next Scooby-Doo cereal is going to really do it any justice. It's going to be actual dog biscuits that you pour milk <laughs> over. Made by Funko, of course. <laughs> if you were doing a Scooby-Doo cereal, what would you do? I is mean, I would... I would just do what they've already perfected uh, in other Scooby-Doo snacks. So I would either do A... Uh, cinnamon grams, like you see in the Scooby Snacks. Um, so good. Or My kids eat those, they're great. A little bit more experimental, the Scooby-Doo Fruit Snacks approach, because 
they really just nailed every single flavor in that batch. Like the blue Scooby heads, the green mystery machines. I don't really care about the rest. Those were the two that really made the deal. So if I were to make a really Scooby-Doo cereal, it would only consist of Scooby-Doo fruit snack flavored cereal pieces, specifically the blue sh- Scooby heads and the green mystery machines. Done. That'd be great. That'd be great. That's a great plan. I would just have yellow and red rings with um, that have a berry flavor and then tiny white marshmallows. That's my plan. Have you ever heard? Mm. Stop me if you've heard this one before. Uh, it's and I'll put Scooby on the box. Of course. Uh, friends, thank you so much for uh, listening to our podcast. We hope that you have uh, found yourself edified. If you were hoping to go to sleep, I hope that you've uh, achieved that goal. Um, a reminder, you can email us, mail at bowl.rest. You can uh, go to our website. And if you want to pledge some money to help keep the show going, um, even 99 cents, 499, 99, whatever you can do, it, it all, it all helps. Um, so if, if you wouldn't mind doing that, uh, you can head on over to bowl.rest and pledge that money. And, um, and we sure appreciate it. Half of that goes to keep seriously, net going and half of it goes to uh, a local food shelter here in Huntington, West Virginia so uh, I appreciate you doing that and we got shirts um, as well now yeah we got shirts yes we got shirts if you head on over to McElroyMerch.com you can uh, find the very first ever empty bowl shirt yeah you're at I love the design. cereal receptacle I Thank love you. the design of this shirt, Dan. Yes, it, made it was drawn, drawn by my own lovely partner, Emily. Um, so you can support her work and our own work by putting one of those on your frame. <laughs> There'll be no shame on your frame when you're wearing an empty <laughs> bowl t-shirt. Uh, that is going to do it for us for this episode. So until next time, for Dan Goubert, my name is Justin McElroy. And as always, don't forget. Don't forget. To drink. To drink. The milk. The, the milk. milk. Drink the milk. Good point. Good point. <laughs>